So what we were just talking about, well, let's get into it actually. Let's get into like how to figure out what projects have value and what don't. I think we spoke on this last time. Yeah, for sure. You know, last time I was speaking from a perspective of, you know, a little bit of experience of my own selling NFTs, very, very minimal buying and selling, but definitely profitable. Man, a lot has changed since the last time I came up here, man. It's like, facts. Uh, yeah, God is good, man. It's like, I got this down to a science almost. But, you know, it's not just me that is out here doing this. It's not like I'm a wizard. It's like anybody that pays attention to a limited number of criteria, you can really get this down. Because I know it's overwhelming when it feels like there's like 10 monkey projects dropping every week. I mean, even the official Bape join, Adidas did something with Board Ape Yacht Club. Then you got all these knockoff projects like Mutant 8 Planet and, you know, things like that. But if you just learn how to filter out the noise and figure out the small few select things you have to pay attention to, the name doesn't matter. Who's behind it? Mm, it matters, but not that much, you know. So bringing value to its members is something that is probably something, I don't even know the right word for it, but it's something that you can't ever be sure if you're getting for real, because everyone's going to be confident in their project, or they're going to purposely mislead you and tell you their project's going to the moon, right? Right, so in that situation, how do you determine what does have value? You mentioned some some statistical analysis or something? Oh, yeah. So what, what, what are like other things that you can do besides maybe being on Twitter or Discord? See, last time we spoke from somewhat of like a beginner perspective, right? Like obviously pay attention to social media and uh, pay attention to who is behind a certain project. Yes. But a layer beyond that, what do, what else can you do to determine you're not essentially buying into something that has no future? Yeah, so um, I want to start off with the who's behind the project, right? Uh, if it's a social media influencer or a celebrity that's behind the project, it could really be one of two things. This could be someone that's really passionate about the space, well-funded, well-connected, that has a very growth-centered uh, mindset around the whole thing. Yeah. And if you're able to identify those, I don't want to go on the whole tangent of how specifically right now, then those are great long-term opportunities. Short-term, you can almost always expect there to be some type of pullback. So if you wanted to get a better, more profitable position when you see these celebrity projects, if you think it's going to be something long-term growth, just wait for the price to pull back. You'll get another better price than mint. Now, to be able to spot those bad celebrity projects, I don't want to say no names. Fuck it. We might as well. <laughs> I think it might be valuable because I do want to... Uh, like I, I look at some of these projects and I'm not deeply involved in the space like you are, but I see some of these projects and I, I have a, a sense of concern for the people that are sort of gathering all the money they can gather to invest in. Let's say, well, this is a good example, uh, the full, full send meta card. Oh, okay, I was gonna, I was gonna bring that up. I, I love y'all, Nelk. Go ahead. I personally think it's a good example of a decent project that can have a future especially with what i've observed from the the company and the brand essentially let's just even go beyond youtubers right the mm -hmm. company and the brand and the people that are the the leaders behind the brand just people you may not see off screen i think it has potential now some of the things they might have done initially while it was minting may not have been you know the most ethical but 
I really do think they. they what happened? There was well, a scandal. I thought that's what you were going to speak about. Oh nah, nah. I, I mean, just wanted to share your perspective on them. I mean, honestly, everyone's new to this. You know, the space is yeah. so brand new right now. I'm working with uh, a nationwide dispensary chain. It's their first NFT project. Um, look at Adidas, their first NFT project. Right. I got a fitness brand and I got a, a clothing brand that all want NFT collections, and this is their first time. And the thing is, there's not even a point of reference for anybody else to go to. So even when you're as high up in the game as Nelka or Adidas, there's bound to be some slip-ups, bound to be some people who are late that lose out in money and go and spread nonsense, which is another reason why I don't pay too much attention to social media. But they definitely do have a somewhat good project. You know, me and a couple of friends, we have a, a wallet on the side that we just pull some Ethereum profits over to. We bought one of the meta cards. Didn't get it at mint, but caught it on the secondary market. What'd you pay? Point nine ETH, but not bad. It's it's over two point five. What? 6. Yeah, I sold that for one point four. Oh man, damn! And that wasn't even mine because we that was a, a shared yeah. wallet. Damn! I just I was so iffy because whenever I see these big name people on it, I've just seen so many projects by celebrities get abandoned. But not to go on a huge tangent. Just to bring it back, it's not about how many followers the person has, more of the credibility of their work, right? Are they actually interacting with the community? Are they recognized by anybody in the sphere of influence that they come from, whether it be um, art or their actual location, their city, right? You know, um, they don't have to have a big following, but are they consistently putting out work? It doesn't have to always be NFT work, but just, you know, anything that could be tied into this digital age. Because you already know the metaverse has gone from a shelter term to cover, like, Decentraland and Sandbox. And now we're using it to talk about VR, Oculus, and, I mean, even people referring to their Discord chats as metaverse. But, I mean, it's here. I think everything is the metaverse. I had um, Chase Thompson on. He started a company. I had him on yesterday. He started a company... Um, basically a virtual arena where mm. anybody can sort of start a tournament and get um, rewarded for playing any game. So Damn. it kind of broke that barrier between exclusivity in terms of, oh, if you're not top 0.01% ranking in this game, only you can compete for money type shit. So it's like anybody can play to earn in any game. And I think that speaks to where the transition is occurring. Like you said, all of this is very new, right? Oh, yeah. We're watching these companies hire directors, metaverse director, blockchain director, and they're just developing shit behind the scenes. But in in its essence, I think it's already, it's been here. Like, yeah. the metaverse has been here. All of this shit is the metaverse. I'm not sure if you heard, but last year alone, VCs poured over $5.3 billion into new Web3 startups. Yeah. New Web3 startups I'm talking about. Some of these people didn't even have uh, production ready, <laughs> product ready to go. Some of them didn't even have a website up and they out here getting funded just because the ideas are so profitable. And we're in this space right now. Where it's the funding like, game is tricky though. But. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know nothing about that. I'm working with somebody that's trying to put me on and it's like Japanese, man. And <laughs> I know a little bit of Japanese. It's tough. But... Uh, Really, the space is just evolving so fast, it feels sometimes a little bit overwhelming. It's like sometimes I just be disappearing. I don't 
look at my phone, social media, because it's always something new. It's always somebody hitting my line with a new project, asking if they should buy, or somebody else telling me that I should buy a project, or um, I'm on my feed seeing a million pages who paid for promotion from at NFT, no beef with y'all. But y'all, y'all promoting a lot. <laughs> Slow it down. But <laughs> a lot of pages on my feed, <clears throat> sometimes it just gets in the way of the process, right? I know a lot of people that don't even have a process, they could uh, empathize with the feeling of being overwhelmed with information to know that there's all this money out there, but not to necessarily know the easiest way to convert that out there money to in here money, you know? Let's touch on that. I think that's a brilliant point. It is overwhelming, and a lot of people are sitting in this sort of FOMO state of, am I missing something? I keep hearing about these projects, right? You could literally get caught up in that shit and get depressed. Sit mm-hmm. there and be like, well, I see all these people making money on Twitter. Where's my money at? So yeah. how did you personally approach that? Ah, uh, damn. How did I personally approach that depression shit? is definitely real. Um, I mean, depression for other reasons. I would say I've never been depressed when it comes to NFTs. But when you get in these consecutive back-to-back dopamine rushes of boom, you just sold this picture of a random, um, I don't know, toad. Yeah, yeah, toad smoking a blunt for $500 and you paid $80 for it. And then, you know, when you have your first day where you don't sell anything in your mind, you're thinking like, damn, is the market slowing down? Because we're so used to getting that micro mindset. Mm-hmm. So the number one way I'd recommend that you deal with any of those overwhelming thoughts is to just get a more macro mindset. Yes, everyone's talking about it now. It seems like the train is moving 100 miles per hour right now. It's leaving the station without you is what it seems like. But keep in mind, right now we're just in a, you know, the frenzy stage, the mania stage. Everyone's trying to pour into it and figure out how to make the most money out of it, like the dot-com bubble, right? Yeah. Essentially, it was a bubble because, you know, the people that aren't really in the space, they're going to fall off when they don't hit their profit margins. Mm -hmm. But even after the dot-com bubble popped, what are we still using to this day? Dot-com. Exactly. Matter of fact, we're upgrading from Web 2 to Web 3.0. And all I got to say is, if any of these words that I'm saying sound like gibberish to y'all, just go ahead, join my Discord, ask any question. If I don't answer it personally, there's a whole bunch of people in there that have been buying and selling NFTs. Uh, a lot of them, too, that have been making NFTs for months, if not over a year. I mean, I can't say years because NFTs barely been around <laughs> that long. Yeah, but that's a good point, too. Uh, there are a lot of people willing to share information about this space it's almost fun educating other people about this space because of how exciting it is but if we just look at it from the standpoint of hmm, maybe i'm not necessarily interested in nfts long term how can i capitalize off of web3 how can i capitalize off of the current nature of the market the frenzy that everybody finds themselves in I'd say the most easiest way to utilize Web3 into any business model that any of y'all have, and this is one thing that I'm doing the most around the clock, just find a way to integrate Ethereum payments or cryptocurrency wallets, period, uh, onto your website. Because now, you know, we're getting to an age where people are more and more concerned about their privacy. They don't want to give up their identifiable information. You know, people are just lazy. You know, how many more suggested passwords am I going to have to go through? Because I'm tired of having to reset my password just to order some damn Domino's, you know. But if Domino's were to have it where I could just connect to MetaMask, right? 
well, now instead of me having to change my username and password or do any of that, I'm logging in with my payment service. It's like using your credit card as your Twitter login or your Instagram, right? So instead of you having to have all these different accounts, your payment, the same thing that you use to log into PlayStation Network to play games with your friends is the same thing that you use to pay for your food. Same thing that you use to uh, subscribe to creators that you like. Same thing you use to pay for groceries, right? Amazon already got that store where you can just walk right out with stuff. Mm-hmm. How long do you think it's going to take for them to implement Web3 payments? It depends, and that's, that's what I want to explore right now. I, I don't know much about the constraints behind why they aren't doing it at a rapid rate. Maybe you can touch on that if you have awareness, but I personally don't know why it's not being adopted. So there's two things, right? Um, number one is... I don't even know. I think that would be more number two. I say the first thing is they're watching everybody else because all of us retail investors down here, we're over here making money. We're enjoying it. And, you know, the riskier people, they're going in. I mean, the riskier companies, they're putting a lot of money behind it. And they're profiting big. The more conservative companies, they're going ahead. They just have a small position in cryptocurrency or small involvement, Right. But there's still a lot of these people that they have no involvement at all, you know. And they're already making money, physical money, U.S. dollar, uh, enough to beat out the 7% inflation rates. So in their mind, they're like, I don't know why I have to go to this digital world. And underneath those big top dogs is a whole uh, category of people that are looking up to them, that they're following in their footsteps. So really, all it would take is for one of these big dogs, right, Shout out JP Morgan, we got the same birthday. But if Chase were to tomorrow announce that you're able to connect MetaMask to your Chase account, or let's just say you're able to purchase, because that's a little bit more further down. Right. Let's say you're just able to purchase Ethereum directly within the Chase app, or you're able to go into any branch and exchange US Game dollars changer. for Ethereum, transfer directly to your digital wallet. What? Every credit union, every car dealership, Every man, y'all, y'all over here financing shoes on StockX, y'all be able to do that <laughs> with Ethereum soon enough. Y'all be able to use NFTs as collateral for a house. Shout out to the bots, right? You know, you cop a rare bot, you might be able to go ahead and cop a nice house in Cabo. But, you know, that's more long term. Let me not cap on this podcast for y'all right now. We're about to get there, though. You're not wrong. Oh, yeah. I I saw American Express announced that they're going to include cryptocurrency as a reward. Um, I personally use Amex. And shout out Amex. I just bought this laptop off of my Amex points. Oh, yeah. I paid nothing. Beautiful. If I could have converted those points to crypto, I think that's... that's You would have definitely did that. I would have 100% Uh done that, especially in this current state with... With the market being in uh, 50% retracement. Let's talk about that a little bit. What do you think about this little... I love it. All y'all selling Ethereum, thank you. Thank you. I mean, let the price keep on going down. It's fine. It's like I was saying just a little while ago. When you got that micro mindset, it sucks. I've been there before. You got to go through a few of these cycles of up, down, up, down to realize you took an L. Me, on the other hand, I'm double, tripling down. Besides the fact that, you know, I'm selling all these things, these digital collectibles on the Ethereum blockchain. I'm actively reinvesting my profits. I'm actively purchasing other cryptocurrencies, moving Ethereum into other things I think have a chance to blow. Just because 
right now, $2,000, some people are crying because they over-leveraged, they were uninformed, and they lost 50% of their bag, right? That's when you fuck up really, really Exactly. But the price it's at right now, 2000 a year ago, let's say a year and a half ago, was unheard of. What? I remember there was a point where I didn't see Ethereum hitting $600, right? Yeah. So the fact that it hit $2,000, then doubled from there, all y'all, a lot of y'all are cap. A lot of y'all said, man, if Ethereum ever goes down to 2000 again, I'm buying it up, man. I missed that opportunity. I'm not sleeping again. Where was y'all at? <laughs> it's really perspective, man. It's, it's like... Oh, it went up to 4,500, 4,600, whatever it peaked at. Now it's at two grand. They don't understand that 2019, that shit was seven, eight hundred dollars. Oh yeah, you could even you could have bought it at the peak. What was it, 4,600? And right now you could be crying, right? Just go ahead, log out for me. Close out that app. Uh, write down your private key somewhere. Delete MetaMask out your phone. You'll be good. That money's gone. Only if you sell it. Mm-hmm. Just treat it like a savings account. Look back at it 365 days from now and then find this post under his page. Go to his Spotify and comment, thank you, Arsh. Because, man, it's, it's one of those things that you can't, you can't even change your perspective on until you've lived through it. I'm not going to lie. The most money I've lost was when I was looking at the screen. The most money I've made was when I was either asleep or locked out of my accounts. Broken phones. Oh, man. All types of shit happen. And that to open up your phone when you had no access, panicking, and to realize that the times when everyone's panicking is the time when the most money is being made, it just shifts your perspective on everything. Because right. now, it's almost like skydiving. I don't, I don't be spending an hour researching NFT projects. I know some people, they spend two days. Realistically, I mean, it's great. You can find some great long-term uh, projects that way. But also, you know, it only takes about 15 minutes to get enough information that you need on, you know, how many people are trading it, when they launched, what's going on in the project, the organization structure of their leadership, you know, and then from there to determine, like, okay, is this worth sitting in fear for, you know, 36 to 72 hours? Most of the time, the answer is yes, because what do you got to lose? If you think about it, Ethereum is made of money, right? U.S. dollars made up money, too, but it's just been uh, a a fallacy that's been carried along for so long that we just kind of agree upon it. Ethereum, Bitcoin, they're about to enter their teenage years. So, I mean, we see in the genesis block of this shit, metaphorically speaking, the kids being born today. Matter of fact, the kids that were born six, seven years ago, right? They're growing up in an era where not only is it normal for you to have um, TV screens glued to your eyes that you can look around everywhere. Not only is it normal for you to have cars that can drive themselves. Not only is it normal for you to uh, spend a majority of your actual life and free time in the digital world, but they live in this world where there's more than one currency. We grew up learning about dollars, pennies, nickels, Mm -hmm. quarters. Oh my God, these new kids about to be smart. I'll tell you what, <laughs> my little cousin, he could tell you the value of any amount of Ethereum off the top of his head. I don't know how he does it. It's like a little abacus thing, but at the end of the day, it's, it's wired differently, man. Yeah, made up money. Just take the risk once you know how to do the research, because yeah. I know a lot of people that they'll study, study, study all day, but when it comes time to jump off the Porsche, 
time to jump off that diving board into the pool, they freeze up, walk back down the ladder, especially when they see that gas fee. Y'all remember the last time I was up here, I told you those gas fees, you know, you're always going to be paying a little bit more than you expect, so don't be surprised. That gas fee is just extra profit you got to make. If the gas fee is 150 bucks, I mean, make sure it's an NFT project you can see jumping by at least four or 500 bucks because the owner might take 10% from you. Gas fee might be a thing. And then on top of that, if you're reinvesting your profits, buying another NFT, you're going to have to pay a gas fee again. So why would you settle for less? Don't worry about what the floor price is. Use the tools that are available to you. I would list them explicitly here, but just go ahead, join the Discord. We talk about it all the time. I don't want to go on a tangent. You know I talk a lot. <laughs> no, you're good to go on a tangent. If you want to list a couple tools or whatever, I think that would be really helpful. Um, especially in, again, this, this current state is extremely overwhelming. Mm -hmm. You have hundreds of thousands of currencies, right? And you could get caught up in chasing the next x y and z chasing the next bitcoin ethereum even with solana i mean we know solana is not going anywhere solana is actually pretty good oh well, yeah especially um, when they get that open sea integration oh yeah hopefully that happens oh uh, no oh it's in the works yeah uh, okay. a lead developer on solana actually uh posted a screenshot of the login uh, with phantom wallet feature on OpenSea. Oh, wow. yeah so when that's the case uh, I mean, I would say Solana's going to top Ethereum. That's just what the shills say. Mm -hmm. Realistically speaking, we got like six months to a year, and then we got ETH 2.0 doing the same exact thing that Solana, Polygon, and all these other Layer 2 solutions. Yeah, but when's that coming out, though? I mean, I'd be capping if I told you I knew, because they've been talking about Nobody it since 2019. That, but they've been coming out with so many leaps and strides. They had that recent uh, Ethereum improvement protocol, EIP 5119. I definitely got that number wrong. There's 5,000 of them. Right, right. But um, they introduced something new to it to where instead of gas fees being paid per transaction, you can actually opt to just burn the Ethereum that would have been spent on fees. So, of course, that results in less profits for Ethereum miners, right? Can you just explain that a little bit? Yeah. Um, Ethereum miners, I'm one myself. Got to get the passive income. Basically, um, we have very complex computing systems that are solving uh, an array of very difficult uh, multidimensional puzzles, metaphorically speaking. You know, no human could actually guess these puzzles. And at the same time, we're all racing against each other to see who can... I solve this puzzle first. When you solve the puzzle, right, um, a block of transactions is mined. So every time a block of transactions is mined, a chunk of a bunch of people's transactions, whether that's buying, selling, transferring, minting, anything that has to do with Ethereum, all those are pushed up the line and those are process completed. So when you're paying a gas fee, that gas fee is going to the people that are essentially upkeeping the entire network. So some people are like, ah, we hate miners, yeah, yeah, yeah. Back in the day, man, if y'all knew how cheap these gas fees were and how slow the network was still, you wouldn't even be complaining. But uh, honestly, the EIP protocol, it kind of sucks if all you do is mine because now you're making less money. Um, the amount of Ethereum that has been burnt, and burning just means instead of it being paid to a miner, it's just like deleted. It's like thrown in the trash. It's like 
instead of me paying you a hundred dollars for a service, you give me the option. Hey, instead of paying, uh, or no, not even you, somebody above you says instead of paying this guy, you can just go ahead and throw that money in the trash. He'll be all right. And then the value goes up because exactly there's more. There's less supply and the demand exactly. is not consistent. Right. That's the important point. Most important. Yeah. It's now a deflationary asset, mm-hmm. which means the total amount of Ethereum is shrinking, which means any NFT that you buy now, even if it's Ethereum value, doesn't go up by much. The U.S. dollar value is most definitely going to go up. Why? I mean, supply demand. I don't got to go too much into that. Well, that's really valuable, man. I hope everybody listening, watching is paying attention to what he's saying. This is, this is like different from all the shit that I see on, on Twitter and get mad at. And I'm curious to hear about what kind of circles you're in. You mentioned your own Discord. I'm sure a lot of people are going to want to join that just to get insight. But how are you getting information about this space? So I'd say word of mouth is one of my personal best friends. That might not apply for everybody, right? Because if you're not getting advised properly, you're just going to be led to the slaughter. Um, but, you know, if you ever want to be sneaky and find out what's popping, you know, you could see somebody that you know that is on these NFT projects fast. You could just keep an eye on their wallet. It's all public information, right? Somebody posts one screenshot of an NFT they bought. If it has that token ID identifier at the end, you can go ahead and cross-reference that with the blockchain. Find their specific wallet. I don't want to go into too much detail, but you can find out a lot, which is why a lot of people like myself, we got multiple wallets. You know, you can find one of our wallets. You don't know really everything about us. It's not really for the average person, more for IRS. But um, back to the point, um, what was the point? How to find information. I think that is a good point. Okay, yeah, there we go. Twitter is good, but Twitter will lie to you. Don't look for the next popping thing on Twitter unless you're already deeply embedded within a trusted corner of NFT Twitter. Me, I haven't really found that trusted corner. I got a lot of trusted sources, but these are kind of like Web3 celebrities like Farouk. He did a Chain Face Arena, which was a game that you could literally pay 0.1 ETH each for something that people would say is definitely not worth $400 if they just looked at it visually. But the utility behind it is that you get to be part of a game where it's an arena, your NFTs are fighting against each other, and there's a bounty. The winner of that game actually walked away with 160 ETH, and all that they paid was 0.1. On top of that, anybody that left the arena early without dying was walking away with upwards of 8 Ethereum. <laughs> thousands and thousands of dollars. And the only way you were going to be able to find out about that project is if you followed him on Twitter. This project was called... SP1, Secret Project 1, no details revealed about it. I didn't even know what I was buying. But word of mouth from trusted people in the community that, you know, I've bled with, made money with, they're telling me to trust it, you know, they got a nice track record. Honestly, it's like I was saying earlier, I just took the risk, you know. I didn't make no 160K, I'll be honest with you. I wasn't about to risk my NFT dying, but they still hold a lot of value. He even has a new project coming out called SP1.1. I'm not going to show his project, though. So your NFT dying basically means it gets burned or what? Oh, yeah. So the game that uh, was referred to in this case, you had to submit it to a smart contract, which basically, let's just speak in metaphors here so I don't lose the audience. But there's an arena. 
you purchase a virtual player. Your virtual player is sent to this arena, and unlike other video games where you control the fight, you know it's completely out of your control. It's, it's like voting based or what? I'm voting. It's just randomized. Oh, random. Yeah, the code literally sets the percentage chance that anyone has to die. It would be like 0.08% of the population dies per round. And it started to increase to like 1%, 2%. Yeah. So it was, it was literally the NFT squid games. <laughs> Very high-level, intricate gambling. And I have respect for the space oh, yeah. a lot. But again, that's why I like to dive deeper into certain projects or games like this because... I'm, I'm seeing the NFT versus NFT shit, right? And, like, the winner, their floor gets sweeped or whatever the fuck is happening by some um, some organizers. But if it's randomized and you have no control over it, you're basically buying a lottery ticket. That's literally what that case was. Um, so it wasn't a lottery ticket in, in the case of winning, but it was more of, like, a death lottery ticket. Because mm-hmm. once you enter that arena, you could leave at any time. And every single round that you leave... Uh, I mean, that you stay in, the prize that you get while leaving increases. So the longer you stay, the more you get paid, right? Unlike the real world lottery where you don't have that option. It's like, give me your two bucks. I appreciate it. Get on my face. Scratch, scratch. (laughs) You lose again. You coming back? Yes. Uh, Now, mind you, is $400 worth this complex gambling? I don't know because I don't think in terms of U.S. dollar anymore. I think of Ethereum. And Mm -hmm. I don't look at things as, oh, is it worth that? When I look at something, I'm thinking in relative terms. Like, uh, NFT could have just dropped, and I have a price tag of 0.5 on it, right? When I look at it, I don't see 0.5. I'll see, like, 0.9. This is a steal. Mm. Buy it. And then all I have to do then is move along the fourth dimension, time, sit in fear a little bit, wait for the market to do its thing, Ethereum go up and down, Tina do its promotion, and boom, that's a sale. So, okay, so last time we spoke, you were talking about kind of flipping NFTs on a regular basis. Are you still doing that? Oh, a lot more regular. Yeah, a lot more, right? Man, last time we talked, I was going through it. I had some mm-hmm. stuff going on. I wasn't in the right you know, mental space. And you know, I was also getting started on this journey. But you know, getting past all that stuff that happened to me back then, it's part of the reason why I'm up over five figures now. From yeah, mind you, this is like, what, two months ago? Two months? months? Ago. Oh, my God, bro. This it feels is, like a year ago. Yeah, it feels, I mean, in, in, in crypto world, this is years, decades. <laughs> yeah, crypto years this is like dog years, man. <laughs> like, hey, you remember when uh, Bitcoin was 67000 That yeah, feels like a decade ago, man. Yeah, it really does. Man. But, yeah, now it's just all about... Making something quality, having an ever-evolving project that I'm part of. Uh, anybody that doesn't know too much about me, just feel free to look at my Instagram. Um, don't want to come on his show just to make it about me. We got a whole section of resources for y'all to look, but I think you'll be really interested in what we got going on and the longevity of the project, and you'd love the one-on-one access to questions in the community. Yeah, and I'll, I'll link all of that below, uh, make it easier for them to access it. Let me take a pause real quick. For sure.